Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Hello and welcome to Arn. This is Paul Bromwell, and today I'm joined by the man. You know who he is. I know who he is. He's the Hall of Famer, founder of the Four Horsemen. I say it every week, creator of the Spine Buster and our television champion. He's the enforcer. He's double A. He's Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you this week, my friend? Let me guess. The sweatshirt gave me away. <laughs> it did. That's how it- you knew who I was. Oh, but it's the sweatshirt. It's, it's the beard. It's the tan. You're looking good. I got the sweatshirt. It's, it's cold weather season, man. It is sweater weather and just perfect. These are the perfect, you know, and and for those nights, once the sun goes down, man, throw your horseman jacket on, get the order. And I'm telling you, don't get backed up. Aren't you have the crew neck, uh, sweatshirt on. They also have a hoodie in that exact same horseman logo style. And I, I'm going to get my hands on one of them. I want a black hoodie with that horseman, those white horsemen, uh, the horseman logo on it. I'm rocking the television title gray hoodie, but you can't go wrong with an Arn Anderson or a horseman hoodie right now. A lot of people remember those days. And then behind me, like you said, the jackets, this is prime time. When you want a jacket, you want to buy a jacket for a Christmas gift or whatever the case and the hats. So, uh, get in on it. You can go to a uh, box You're going to see the Arn store. We're, we're promoting, we're shelling right off the bat, dude. I love it. You're going to see the Arn store, the horseman store, but because we believe in it also JD hoop with that enforcing since 1982, that brand new graphic is there as well as Dom's new graphic, which he has up. Uh, and, uh, that has all the title belts on it that the horsemen carry guys. You are big time subscribers to this podcast, but also you really support us through the stores so we appreciate it and continue to do so there's plenty to choose from yeah and hey we got hung up and log jammed you know last christmas and the christmas before that's the reason i'm warning everybody just you know do it get now your, get your order in early and be no issues because if you're a buddy if you're a guy if you're a grown-ass man you give a horseman jacket to one of your buddies he's never going to expect it he's going to think it's awesome and it is really putting some thought into a gift. Hey, pop the crowd at Christmas with a horseman jacket. The neighborhood Christmas party will all be wanting to know where they can get one. I'm sure. There you go. I love it. Hey, and I, and I bet right now, Arn, that's all you're wearing because I guarantee you're not wearing your Braves jacket as much anymore. You're probably not wearing as much Carolina Panther stuff anymore. (laughs) Let me tell you about the Braves. I just want to say thank you. 
for have given me many, many, many nights of great entertainment because they were the proverbial can come from behind and score five runs at the top of the ninth, any, any game, any time. And they did it a, a lot this year. They just ran out of steam in that last game. But the good news is the one game that, that we did win, Brock actually, He's a good boy. He uh, popped for us tickets, and uh, we went down to Atlanta and spent the night and went to the Braves game, and uh, that was when they had that exciting double play at the very end of the game. Did you, you see, got to see you? Oh, I was watching. I was thinking about you. What Austin Riley finish. hit that home run, buddy, and I thought Arn has got to be loving life right now. Oh, well, because they were flat the first four They were getting no hits. Yeah. It's a funny thing with them when they're when they they're hitting everybody's hitting when they're not nobody is and they it's like they all sink or swim together and uh, whew, damn and brother you talk about bringing them out you know out of their seats good lord and I, when when he hit the home run the fireworks go off around the stadium uh, the TV cameras picked up a great shot and I thought and there are Arn and Brock probably just celebrating together you told me Brock got it for you for your birthday and I thought what a what a great night for you guys to be at the ballpark oh man it really was and you know they, they were packed out and hey I'll tell you another high spot that people just kind of take for granted did you see the play he made in foul territory down the third baseline where he ran that that pop up out. I, I didn't. I was in and out of the game, and so I, I don't. I don't recall that play. Now, just real briefly, you know where they roll up the tarp, and yeah. it's, it's almost out to the friggin' wall. Man, he took off on a pop up and ran it down, and he was actually touching the rolled up tarp when he made the catch. Incredible! That got the fans started, I believe, even before the home run. I, uh, I had, I've had the privilege to watch a couple Gwinnett Braves games back in the day when, remember when Tony Shivani was calling play by play, uh, I went down to Atlanta. This was prior to his AEW days and sat in the box with him while he called a couple games for radio. And it was when, uh, Austin Riley was on the team and I got to be there for two games and watch both games. That boy hit home runs and I knew he was going to be a bad man. So, hey, they got a lot of weapons. They'll be back. and uh, But I'm glad. As I watched the game, I was just very happy that you got to be a part of that and experience such a cool atmosphere because that was electric. Who's your team? The Pittsburgh Pirates. Wow. Yeah, exactly. feel bad for me, Arn. You know what? You're a loyal fan because you said that. <laughs> or an idiot. Yeah. I'm a, you didn't say I'm a former Pirates fan or no. a sometime Pirates fan, you said I'm a fan. I am. I respect that. Hey, the Bray, and by the way, even Sid Bream back in the early 90s running the bases, Barry Bonds couldn't get the ball to home plate, and Sid scored to send you to the World Series. That's right. I was that Pirates fan as a kid. Uh, crushed. So Wow, I bet. Yeah. Well, hey, the Phillies are on fire, though. They seem like the juggernaut, the team to beat, at least, you know, right now, as far as uh, they're, they're battling Arizona as we record this, smacking home runs left and right. But they are your arch nemesis, that's for sure. Well, now, I was also informed by my son, Brock, that uh, Texas Rangers have been on fire. But we don't, we don't get them. We don't watch them. I had no idea they were that good. Oh, 
and the, I guess on the other side of the ball, they are getting red hot too. They and are been red hot. So shaping up to be a hell of a series. If it gets that far, there you go. Uh, good stuff. And, um, yeah, sorry again about the Braves. I know, but that's, that's baseball, but they had a great season. It wasn't just the Braves, all the hundred win teams that got eliminated from the playoffs, the Orioles, uh, the, the Rays, uh, the Dodgers, uh, the Braves, four teams right there over a hundred wins that didn't advance or, or move on. You just never know. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I, know? You, don't, you don't want to talk football. I hope. No, no, I'm going to spare you. We'll save that for next week's show. How's that? Let me just say this and it's cause I have to. Okay. We have a gentleman named Brock that plays for the Georgia Bulldogs, correct? Yes, sir. Brock Bowers. Yeah. Brock Bowers is an absolute animal. We, he went down. So, man, I am selling that because that's the thing. Georgia Bulldogs are what I'm hanging my hat on these days. That's what I'm getting amped up about. But that guy is such a huge part of their offense. Good Lord, what a beast. And they're saying anywhere from three to six weeks. Yeah, for his surgery. Yeah, his in injury. So we'll see, Arn. We'll see. He's he's a blue chip, you know, top 10 pick, draft pick. And uh, like you said, yeah. big part of your offense. So you hate well, to see that. They got a lot of weapons. The quarterback is, I hope he's getting the credit that he deserves so far because he is really, really good. And this is his first year starting. I hope McConkey or somebody steps up. It fills that receiver role because somebody it's a perfect chance. You want to be a superstar in the world of college football. This would be the week and this would be the game. Uh, do they have or an off week this week? Or do we know that? Uh, I would have to look it up. I don't know what George doesn't matter. They, they're, I was just breezed through it for some reason. And I think their next opponent is in Florida. It's going to be Florida. But I think there's a bye week in there. So, okay. We'll see. We'll see. Well, listen, hey, guys, speaking of uh, perfect opportunities, uh, before we jump into the what we're here to talk about this week, and that's September 90, 90, 1993, I want to mention perfect opportunity to meet Arn and Brock, and that's WrestleCade. It's fast approaching. I'm telling you, Arn, Thanksgiving's going to be here before you know it. The weekend, November 24th through 26th, it's one of the largest conventions in the country. And I saw someone comment uh, on Patreon, holy cow, there's so many people. People available. I think it was Terrell Lewis uh, available there for photos and greet, meet and greets and autographs. And you're right. Tracy Myers has built an unbelievable event and double uh, A is going to be there. It's in his backyard, uh, Winston-Salem, uh, Horseman Country. And tickets are available. They sell out quickly. So make sure you grab your tickets. Uh, Arn, you've been there every year that I know, at least several years, for the last several years. So don't miss it. You get to meet the enforcer. Who knows? Maybe Brock's going to be wrestling. He is going to be. He All is, right, there you go. He's going to be there signing with me, and he's going to have a match. And uh, that'll be Saturday night, I believe. And excited about that. Yeah, I saw some other matches that they're already starting to announce. So don't want to miss it. Take advantage of it. It's a great way. Celebrate Thanksgiving Day with your family and then make the trip either that night or Friday morning uh, down to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and have a great time and get to meet a lot of your uh, your heroes and favorite wrestlers 
Arn and Brock will be there. So for sure do that. Uh, listen, there's a few things I want to button up before we jump into September. There were questions uh, and topics that came up our last few weeks since the last time we recorded. We typically record two shows at a time. Uh, there's no big surprise there. But during our July 1993 episode, we talked about a decision to cancel a show at the Omni. I think it was, uh, it was that great American bash show. And remember I said only 400 tickets were sold and you and I were like, what in the world happened that they would cancel a show? And we put the research guy on it and he said, he, listen, I'm going to do everything I can to find out what the deal was. And, uh, he looked into Dave Meltzer. He looked into Keller and, uh, apparently aren't the advance for that show was so bad. It was terrible. No one focused on promoting the event. Instead, the emphasis for the past several months have been on promoting TV. And because WCW was still in cost cutting mode, rather than run the venue that used to sell 12 to 15,000 tickets, they just decided to cancel the event when less than a thousand tickets were sold leading up to that July 4th show. Seemingly, uh, the company thought they would have lost, you know, obviously too much money. And that is what ultimately made them pull the plug on that great American bash, uh, house show altogether. So that sounds like growing pains from a startup company. They, they really didn't know what to do and figured cut your losses at this you- point. Right. Yep. Yep. You got it. So, uh, thank you, Andrew, for, for digging and finding that out for us. The other piece is as we were looking at August, 1993, uh, we talked about you and Paul Roma winning the tag titles from Steve Austin and Steven Regal, who was subbing for an injured Brian Pillman. You remember that one. And on that same clash of the champions, we found out that the Shockmaster would be the fourth man on Sting's team for the war games. We also discussed Rick Rude challenging Ric Flair for the world title at Fall Ball. Uh, but before we get to the pay-per-view in Houston, Texas, uh, we want to talk about the month of September and the events leading up to the pay-per-view. And Arn, this week, we're going to open up our discussion on, uh, on a historical moment for WCW, and that is they officially decided to withdraw from the NWA during this time period. And uh, just in, in as far as history lesson here, during the Crockett years, Jim Crockett was the recognized leader of the NWA. But when WCW purchased Crockett, the NWA and WCW were named and branded together, making the two entities almost interchangeable. Sometimes you'd be you'd be watching WCW shows, you'd still hear NWA references. And this arrangement arm worked great until Flair leaves WCW in July 1991. And, uh, he's, we know that he's, was fired by Jim Hurd. He took that NWA, that big gold, beautiful belt with him. And, uh, then that's when Reggie Parks creates that WCW world title to take its place. Even before Flair returns to WCW, the big gold did and would be always called the NWA world heavyweight title. That is until a meeting of the NWA was held on September 3rd. (laughs) here in Las Vegas and are the entire purpose of the meeting was to once again, reestablish control. They wanted their hands back on that NWA world title. And, uh, the organization made up of non WCW affiliated promotions wanted to have a say in who carried that title and who didn't, which makes sense, right? So this here's the conference call, Arn. It includes Bill Watts, Todd Gordon, that's right, Todd Gordon from ECW, Paulie Dangerously, and Jim Cornette. 
And, uh, Arn, this leads us to our first fan question this week from Bryant Haremza. Bryant wrote, this is the month when WCW officially withdraws from the NWA. By this point, did the NWA have any importance in your mind in WCW? Also, how did Arn feel knowing that the NWA was officially, I hate to say it, a dead entity at this point? It was confusing. Yeah. The only way I can put it uh, from what I remember is, okay, this is the new company. They can call it whatever they want, but there's such a strong background in history with the NWA and, and the style, everything. WCW was pattern itself, you know, a lot of the talent that was with Jim Crockett promotions moved over. It was, I guess the only way I can put it is confusing. Confusing. I think it was confusing, obviously for fans too, growing up, trying to figure out, I, I will, I'm, I'm going to sit here and say it. it took me forever to figure out how, what happened with NWA and WCW to me as a kid, it was always the same company. There's Ric Flair. He's still here. Arn Anderson. It's similar guys. They're still Southern based wrestling. Uh, yeah, there were some changes in lighting and scenery and now they're calling it world championship wrestling, but it wasn't until my later years and just doing a little bit of reading and research that it took to actually figure out what was the handoff. It was Ted Turner buying it. It was all the things that we're discussing now to kind of figure out how it all worked. But back then it was super confusing as a fan. Agreed. Yeah. Well, uh, a little bit more history here. Officially, the conference, this conference I mentioned, agreed to the title change that was proposed for Fall Brawl with the understanding they would make the decision concerning who Rick Rude would drop the title to down the line. This never actually happened, as we'll discuss in 1994. Eastern Championship Wrestling, the last NWA territory, would become Extreme Championship Wrestling, led by Paul Lee. Further complicating matters for the remaining members of the NWA, according to the Wrestling Observer, on or around October of 1992, Bill Watts, who replaced uh, Fry as WCW's vice president in charge of wrestling operations, drafted a letter which was believed by NWA counsel to have been a bill of sale for the physical championship belt from the NWA to WCW for the $28,000 already paid by WCW representing the NWA to flair, which was signed by, by Sakuchi as NWA president. I'm sorry if I butchered his name. I know I did. Apparently nobody from the NWA actually saw that letter or knew of its contents other than it was known about a bill of sale later for what had become known in the industry as the Ric Flair championship belt to WCW. Therefore the NWA didn't even have the ability to make claim to owing the recognized title of the organization. Ron, uh, Arn, I know that was a lot. Do you remember anything about the back and forth with the title? I'm even more confused now than I was five minutes ago. Yeah. I figured. And uh, a lot going on here. A lot going on here. Another item to bring up here around this entire issue is that to avoid any further legal issues, WCW no longer called the title the NWA World Heavyweight title, but instead they now call it the WCW International title. You remember that, right? When they started calling it the International Belt? The, the World the big Title? Gold, the Big Gold. They called it the International Belt when uh, Rick Rude had it. Do you remember that? 
I don't. That's okay. Scott Golden wants to know, Arn, what did you think of WCW renaming the NWA World Heavyweight Championship to the WCW International World Heavyweight Championship? Scott, Arn can't remember that. It just seems like a blur, and I get it. There's a lot going on at this point. It may have been a situation where I have just inadvertently chose to put that out of my mind because it was so confusing. He just wanted, after a long match at the, at the, at the wrestling event, he just wanted a cold beer and, and a nice meal. And he wasn't worried about the belt, who owned it, what the company name was. All he cared about was who was signing his stinking paycheck at the end of the night. Am I right? Yeah. And that, that, <laughs> that we weren't working much. Right. You know, I can't stress it enough, guys. I went from 24 days a month of being gone from home, not just working, but gone from home. It wasn't like I could drive back and forth to any of these towns that were running because we didn't run Charlotte in those towns. You know, it was skipping around everywhere else. But uh, I went from that to eight days a month. I wasn't going to bitch about nothing. Arm, we're going to pause and talk about our favorite sponsor once again this week. That's right. It's Blue Chew time. And they're here to make sure you're delivering that spine buster, putting that spine to the pine every single time the right way and making sure you're prepared to do so. And they have a special offer for the listeners of the Arn Show. Isn't that right, Arn? Arn? Well... Guys, Arn's not around right now. I think he's taking care of business, if you know what I mean. And I want to make sure you have the opportunity to take care of business, too. Guys, Blue Chew is an online prescription service. No visits to the doctor's office. We talk about it every single week. No weird conversations. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. And remember the biggest perk and benefit of this. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. So listen, go to bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. They're just going to ask you a few questions, make sure you're good, your health's in order, and you can take it. And once they verify that, it's going to be at your door within days, all done online, very easy. And if you don't like swallowing pills, no big deal. The tablets are chewable, very easy to consume. So give it a try, guys. Listen, we hear a lot of folks that listen to our show that have reached out to us uh, directly through our show DMs and said, guys, you are spot on with what you've been talking about with Blue Chew. We have a lot of fun with it on the show, but I'm telling you, it takes away the worries, the anxiety, the stress, and helps you perform the way you want to perform, like a Hall of Famer, like Arn Anderson. So there you go. Check it out. BlueChew.com can make sure you're able to perform at your very best every time. You get the opportunity to have fun. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN. That's right. Just those three letters. A-R-N. Check out. You just pay $5 shipping. That's it. BlueChew.com. Promo code ARN to receive your first month free. Once again, go to BlueChew.com for more details and safety info. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Here's what I'll say, and I'll, we'll, we'll end this topic here. To me, it's just sad to see a brand like the NWA so prominent in the eighties for me as a wrestling fan, the Crockett years just kind of dissolve, go away until now, Billy Corgan owns it and he's trying to doing his best to resurrect that brand, build a brand around it. But the NWA man, for me as a kid, that was where it was at. And it just, all of a sudden it kind of goes missing. Well, I think it was a special time for all of us. You know, that's, uh, that's the sad part. I mean, it was, there was, there was the WWF, which was clearly a distinct product with a distinct way of doing business. It had a distinct look. It was cartoon based. It was, the talents were all characters. It was, you know, in, in a lot of ways, it was a, a spectacle and a part kid show and part spectacle and you know, just a, like a, like a three ring circus, but it was a 10, 10 ring circus. And then you had the NWA, which was blood and guts and, you know, fist fighting and, and brutal and physical and all those things. And easy to understand. It was, Hey, you got something I want, or I don't like you and you don't like me or something. Let's fight about it. It was pretty clearly too distinct. Styles. To, me, to me, that was the brand on as a kid that really you were like, no, oh, this, this is the stuff that's real. This is the one that's really real. Cause we tried to make it that way. Yeah. That's how you felt as a kid. Uh, another event looked as though it might have long lasting implications during this time. And that Sid vicious walks out on WCW after refusing to complete a drug test in place of one he had previously missed as a reminder, WWF and specifically Vince McMahon had been under investigation by the federal government for the distribution of steroids. And the pressure was so overwhelming that Vince signed over the company to his wife, Linda. He took measures, uh, measures such as firing. <laughs> Easy for me to say measures such as firing the ultimate warrior and Davey boy Smith for failed steroid tests in 92 and placed the world title on Bret Hart and Yokozuna until after the conclusion of the trial in 94. There is so much going on in this time period, Arn, about drug testing and the industry in 1993. Do you remember kind of the buzz and all the talk back then of how the industry was changing now through this steroid uh, period? There was just a feeling that for whatever reason, they were out to get us. Okay. All of us, whoever they are. They were out to get us and it was both companies for different things. You know, there was no bleeding, you know, with uh, WCW, no bleeding. Bleeding and, was going away. Yep. Yeah. You know, and if you got your nose busted and it wouldn't quit bleeding, referee stopped the match. Do you remember the WCW ever starting to come down heavy on the steroid thing at, at this time back then? Was there a lot of talk of it? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so because, well, I mean, by and large, our crew, you look like 
you know, athletes, but normal. They had some guys, you know. Makes sense. Every every guy that had an incredible look would get a look from the WWF because that's what they were selling, and they would figure out if he could wrestle later. You know what I mean? Th- their guys with six packs had six packs. I mean, it, they were chiseled. They, uh, it was yeah. They were bigger than the average bear. <laughs> Period. Yep. Yep. Swole. Well, issues such as drug testing aside, let's get into you and Paul Roma because you guys begin the march to the inaugural fall brawl pay-per-view around this time. And on an episode of worldwide, you and Roma defended your tag titles against tech Slashinger and Shanghai Pierce. Uh, we're going to talk about them here in a little bit, but this is our first of four clips this week. We're going to watch to the end of this one and a promo that follows. Let's check it out, Arn. Okay. Oh, and it's a good thing Arn Anderson saved, or Roma would have been pinned, Tony. Come on, admit it. You're right. Save was made by Arn Anderson, and it could have been over. and Pierce snapmare takeover they are really punishing Paul Roma one half of the world tag team champions here look at him working look at the veins sticking out on Roma's head as Tex puts the pressure on that shoulder look at Roma's hair isn't it great hair club for men must be just ecstatic over that what are you trying to say well I wasn't supposed to tell huh Okay, I, never mind. I didn't say anything. Roma trying to get back up. Randy Anderson with a warning now, telling him to break the hold, which he did. Imagine they'll be able to say you can wrestle in it. Elbows, but the big knee got up, and Roma down on the mat one more time. Tex and Shanghai are looking sharp here. I'll tell you, the champs look like they're taking a beating here. Irish whip to the left side. And Roma with a desperation boot. He better tag now. There's a tag here. Oh, and he does make the tag. Here comes Arn Anderson. Anderson. Shivani, 
with the Tag Team Champions of the World, Arn Anderson and Paul Roma, the Horsemen. The Horsemen continue to win as they head towards Fall Brawl in two weeks against the Nasty Boys for the World Tag Team Championship, Arn Anderson. As much as things change, some things stay the same. Kevin and Austin said, I was too fat. He was too stupid. This is the 90s. We were the 80s. They said it couldn't be done. Well, it looks like to me, I've slimmed up, and he must have smartened up because we were smart enough and skinny enough to take these belts away from you. Now, hindsight is 2020. When you insult a man, expect retribution. Now we move towards fall ball. Kevin Austin, you're... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The blondes are out here. Gentlemen, before you get too carried away with these delusions of grandeur, let me remind you of one thing. When it comes to the World Tag Team Championship, and everybody out there knows it, it all revolves around the Hollywood blondes. We write the script. And I can assure you of one thing. This story has a long way to go, and when it's all said and done, the only notoriety you two will have will be an obscure reference in the credits as two token extras. <laughs> you guys are just a couple of puppets, and you know who's holding the string? It's the Hollywood Bloods. Now, you're a fat puppet, and you're a stupid puppet, but a puppet nonetheless. And whether you've got those belts or you don't got the belts, what you've got to realize is that tag team wrestling right now and in the 90s revolves around the Hollywood Bloods. Hey, you can call him stupid and you can call me fat, but since you're the script writers, you're going to have to call us one thing for a while, and that's champ. Dig it? And we are out of time. See you next week on World. Aren't all this fat talk? I mean, you're not going back to the back after this and slapping somebody silly for this shit, or what's happening? Here? I've pretty much been fat for most of my life. You're not fat here, though. You look great. No sign of abs anywhere. <laughs> I, I, Tex Schlesinger and Shanghai Pierce, two of the greatest guys ever been in the business. Got to tell a little story about them yes, before we get it. to the other. Uh, now, Tex. talking about a character you know he's a chef now down in tampa florida no but have you ever had any of his cooking i gotta stop no you there. now okay. he now he was fat just like i was fat his partner was a big hay baler and brother he was a man but i heard stories and it just cracked me up because it was so so him uh tex uh would Caught catch a ride with some of the body guys like Bagwell and either Riggs or somebody, and he would be sitting in the back seat. And you know, they were making trips down the road. These guys are trying to eat clean, so they would, you know, pull in a chicken place. And Buff is pulling off the skin, putting it in the bag, off the chicken, sitting it in the back seat. <laughs> oh, God. So Tex, as Buff was putting the skin in, he was taking it out and he oh, was eating yeah. it. He was eating it. That's awesome. Is that not tremendous? That so is I, tremendous. So when I heard this story the next day, 
you know, greasy chicken skin, which is some of the best eating on earth. It's wonderful. I just said, pal, you have got the worst body in any business, not just this one. (laughs) And that has stuck with us as our little private joke uh, over the years. Those guys were absolutely great. Uh, Just wanted to tell you how great they were. For those of you who may not recognize them by those names, they go on to be uh, Henry and Phineas Godwin in the, in the WWF. Certainly did. Certainly did. And uh, I see them from time to time at some of these conventions. I love those guys. They're great. They're two really, really good dudes. They, uh, they have reputations for being legitimate tough guys, and uh, I'm so glad that you shared that story with us. But how, how about them in the ring, too? Do you enjoy working with them in the ring? Oh, yeah. They're a good team, too, and they got better. Is that you know On this particular time, I don't think they had been partners for very long or in the business for that very long, right. you know, for very long. To be honest with you, they got better and better, and they really had their run with the WWE. So basically Austin comes out and he's the one who he's, he's saying that you're the chicken skin eater of the team here now with you and Roma, but aren't, if I'm you, I'm going back and I'm like, listen, guys, can't we find something else here? The fat thing. Well, let's let it go. Well, uh, you were okay with that kind of heat. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good for you. You're, you're I mean, you know, you can get personal with me. I, like I said, I never claimed to be a body guy. Yeah, well, that's cool. Well, hey, listen, following the match, you and Aroma cut a promo addressing your upcoming match with, guess who? The Nasty Boys. And uh, before quickly pivoting to the former champs, Austin and Pillman. So Pillman's still suffering from a legitimate ankle here, but you and Roma are already scheduled to face the Nasties, not the Hollywood Blondes. But uh, I don't know. Why not have Knobs and Sags come interrupt you here to promote the upcoming match? Why why the pivot back to the Blondes, who we know in less than 45 days, they're going to be at odds uh, once the return of Flying Brian. He's coming back as Flying Brian soon. So uh, I just think it's kind of interesting here with the creative. Well, yeah. <laughs> interesting is a good word. Yeah. You would almost want to put that off for another week and let's address our next opponents. There you right? go. Yeah. But to be honest with you, how did they get a shot at the tag titles? Who did they beat? Right. Th- that's the thing. It's just, they're just written in. It, it's a quagmire. It is. It's a booking quagmire all the time. It's like, it should be real simple. Okay. You know, to be honest with you, it was a tainted victory against Regal and Austin, but that's the only way you could really go without really sour in the crowd. You can't put a replacement in and then win the match. You're talking about a bad, you know, stomachache. That's bad for the fans. So they did what they had, you know, had to do on that. But now your next opponents, these guys, you know, they were well-known. They had had a run in WWF. It was like they were valid opponents. So they should have been the ones to step out. Agreed. That's right. Well, listen, two weeks later and the day before fall brawl, you and Roma cut a promo on the September 18th episode of uh, WCW Saturday night. This one has some uh, interesting messaging here, Arn. So I want to watch this with you. And then I have a couple questions for you. It's our second clip of the week. Here we go. This is you and Paul Roma with your message. All right, Jesse Ventura, tomorrow night, world tag team title will be online against the nasty boys. Not only that, Paul Roma, your partner is a man who knows all about war games, but I know what's on your mind has to be the Nasty Boys. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Nasty Boys, I hope you got a good dose of that ring right there and what we just did. 
When you come on to Fall Brawl, you better bring everything you got. You're gonna tangle with the horsemen. In a situation on a night where the theme is violence, we couldn't have a better situation. You see, the difference between pain and pleasure is just this much. And they spill on top of each other. So perfect for you and us, Nasty Boys. I was in the first war games and I've been in about 50 cents. I've had a ton of stitches in my head. I got hurt. Every participant in this match better expect to get hurt. It's the most dangerous match there is. I'm looking forward to it. So are you. But trust me, the participants better expect to get what they came for hurt real bad. The Horsemen, the World Tag Team Champions, more still to come. So, Arn, were you able to uh, kind of keep up with that? Because it appears you guys are talking about the Nasty Boys match. Instead, then we see a blend of now we're talking about the Nasties, now we're talking about War Games match. It feels like it's a little bit of mixed messaging going here. What do you remember? Well, we should have had the match with the Nasties first, right? That's right, yes. You know, one thing at a time. You don't skip past. It demeans the match that you're skipping over to get to War Games. It just does, but... You know, it must have been a creative call to say, hey, let's promote both events while we're at it. But then you get a, a you know, kind of a mixed messaging for the audience. Let's let's really put the heat and the focus on nasties. Then we'll, like you said, then we'll get the war games. But yeah, you don't want to disrespect them as opponents and what could happen. And they could take the titles and you know, you, they could walk in war games as champions. You have to open up all those questions to keep people in tune to the story. Arn, you and Brock are everywhere. On the road, wrestling conventions, autograph shows, making appearances. You have the comic book. You need energy. You need AG1. Just one scoop and it gives you 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals. I'm talking improving your gut health, sleeping better, improve focus. What's not to like? This is a slam dunk. And better yet, you're going to sleep better and recover better. It costs less than $3 a day. It's completely worth the investment in you. And it's received 7,000 plus five-star reviews. Right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. It's so simple. No need for a million different pills and supplements. And to make it easy, AG1 is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag1.com forward slash ARN. Again, that's drinkag1.com forward slash ARN to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Well, uh, here we go because Arn, the next night it's fall brawl. It takes place in Houston, Texas at the Astro arena, 6,000 fans in attendance, 3,500 of those were paid. This pay-per-view Arn is not generally received well by wrestling fans. 95% of the readers polled in the wrestling observer gave this one a thumbs down. Meltzer writes the following about the pay-per-view. I'm going to read this here. Fall Brawl was the worst major show thus far in 1993. The matches were sluggish. The booking was unimaginative. The matchmaking itself was downright pathetic. It looked pathetic on paper going in, and the result was even worse than what would have been uh, expected from the lineup. Some of the best talent in the company. You have Brian Pillman, Steve Austin, Chris Benoit. Arn Anderson. I'm just kidding. He didn't say your name. But Pillman, Austin, and Benoit were left home. 
while the parade of new, uncharismatic, mechanical, and largely untalented big guys were brought out to no fan reaction. This is a harsh criticism from Meltzer, but upon reviewing this event, he may have some merit here, uh, Arn. I'm sure he does. We're going to talk about the world title match first. This one features Rick Rude and Ric Flair. They go 31 minutes for the world heavyweight title. And again, since WCW can no longer call it the NWA title and had not yet begun calling it the international title, uh, it's it's kind of awkward. But we do have the closing minutes of this match, and we're going to watch uh, this finish together in our third clip of the week. Oh, he's no. Oh, he clotheslined him. And look at Fifi cheering over that. And what's wrong with that? There's a, a lot of flagrant, vicious, injury-type move where he's trying to intentionally injure the man, and Fifi cheers. Well, there's about 6,000 others in here cheering, and millions watching on pay-per-view around the world cheering that move. And Flair again slides back into the ring to break the count, and then back out to the floor. Chops him. Down goes ravishing Rick Rude. There's the count. Flair back into the ring. Breaks the count. Back out to the floor again. He's going up top. This is really a high-risk maneuver for Flair for anyone to go to the top and go to the floor. But Root is up. Flair waiting. Here goes Flair. Down. And Rick Flair with a burst of energy here. may be counted out here, Jess. No, Flair just broke the count. Referee's pushing him back. Rude back up the apron. You're right. If he don't get that rope. And Rude desperately wants to get back in. A count out, of course, will do him no good. But Rude, he's in la-la land now. You can tell that by looking at him. He's in trouble. And Flair, chomping away. Into the jaw. Real close in, close fist right there. A warning. Rude reverses. Flair goes in upside down again. This time he holds on. He hits the rope. Rude. Oh, but. Rude got him with a clothesline. And now Rude's going up. Ravishing Rick Rude. Up on top. And he hit it. We could have a new champion. One. Accusing the referee of protecting the Nature Boys title. Outside again. Oh, and on the fourth time in this match. Flair on this side. And look at Rude giving it to Fifi. Oh, look at this. Little hip chuck. I told you, Fifi. She hit him. <laughs> now there. What a nice guy. Whoa. for a lady. Atomic drop. 
up and down. Face first down on the mat. Here he goes. He's got a leg. Figure four. He's hooked it. And he's hooked it in the middle. The figure four leg lock. The referee is talking to Fifi. The referee is talking to Fifi. And Rude went to his trunks. He hit the major boy. He's got him covered. A new champion. Rude has did it. Rude has defeated Nature Boy Ric Flair for the World Heavyweight title. Let's get Ladies these and gentlemen, the winner and new World Heavyweight Champion, Ravishing Ric Jesse, you, you say you saw him go to the tights. The referee was talking to Fifi. I didn't see it. Hopefully we can't see it on a replay, but we got a new World Champion as Fifi looks over Ric Flair. Well, it looked to me like, let's go back to replay. Maybe we got it on replay. Here you see Rude Fifi. Look at, she strikes him. Good. Now, I can't believe it. Look at how he rewards her after getting hit. He gives her a tender kiss. There you got it, right on camera. Yes, sir. Rude going to the trunks. Brilliant move. Referee tied up, pow. Hits Flair straight in the bridge of the nose. Knocks him senseless. Simply ravishing. Rude doing ravishing type maneuvers there with a good old Fifi. And uh, what'd you think about that one? Well, just the detail thing back and way up. There was a comment by Jesse, I think, that they had been outside four times. Okay. Right? Yeah. Well, it, it, I hope they covered the fact in which Tony kind of half ass covered it. <laughs> you didn't want the guy to get counted out if you're Flair, the challenger. You don't want the champion to True. get counted out because you don't get the cut title. So I hope they covered that those four times that they were outside. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's, it's like. To can make it I, make sense. That's right. Yeah. I would be stupid for Rick Rude to let Flair get counted out. So that's a big part of the story of the match. I'm probably sure of. Yeah, I got it. One thing I'll mention here real quick is uh, Double A Meltzer called the first half of this match, which we didn't watch, the worst Ric Flair match that he's wrestled since 1990, uh, where he was the Black Scorpion. Wow. Yeah, that's rough. And listen, they've both gone on to say they didn't have great chemistry in the ring. You and I talked about it. I believe it was last week. But, uh, you know, they, they just never really had that four or five star Matt classic. And it's hard because we, as fans kind of don't understand how two wrestlers of this talent level, you know, how can they not put on a clinic? I mean, is there anything you can share with our audience to kind of help us understand that? Yeah. Just because you have two tremendous workers don't mean they have great chemistry. Rude had a pace that was slower than most. He was better served to be the champion and have a guy challenging because he could take the beating and do all of his stuff and all the Rick Rude stuff and the reverse, you know, atomic drop and all the things that he sold really well. He could do it at his own pace if he was the champion. It didn't have the same feel if he's the challenger because you have to step up your, uh, you know, your pacing and your, urgency you're trying to become the champion and sometimes you just don't have great chemistry with some guys 
Our buddy uh, Brad Stanton wants to know if you were surprised that Rick Rude didn't win the WWE Championship or F back in these days. Brad goes on to say he thinks that Rude was the perfect heel. Yeah, I mean, he, they used him really well. He, he was the Intercontinental Champion, which was their setup title for the world. The next guy that was going to be your guy. It just came at a time, I think, during the Hogan era. Might have been, you know, what prevented right. Rick from winning the title. a lot of guys. A lot of guys were standing in line, and Hogan had that long, long run, and that uh, probably knocked a bunch of guys out of a shot at it. Uh, a wrestling historian on Instagram, he asked, what did you think of Rick Rude becoming the champion here, the world heavyweight champion? Thank you in advance. Did you like him with this, uh, with the big gold belt here? Better served as a champion, I think, than being the, the challenger. Well, uh, R and I agree. Listen, fall brawl ends with one of the worst war games matches in company history. It's sting Davy boy, Dustin Rhodes, and the Shockmaster defeated, which by the way, your comment last week just popped me all week long when I thought about it, when he stumbles out of the wall and you were, and I said, Arm, what would you do if that were you? You said, I'd jump back in that hole. Uh, that just made me laugh, but, uh, I, I, but I would, <laughs> I absolutely would. I would have jumped back in that hole, Paul. <laughs> oh man they defeat wcw champion vader sid vicious and the harlem heat when the shock master forced booker t to submit to a bear hug while stevie ray let it happen as he was seemingly waiting on davy boy smith to prevent him from doing so just an ugly scene uh only three of the eight men sting dustin and sid had been in a war games match in the past aren't you were in so many war games this is really your match but this one just fell flat. It just wasn't received well at all. I mean, you're the expert on these things. What makes for a good war games match? Well, there's a, there is a formula that always works, but if you vary from that formula, I don't, I don't know what you got because however many of those I was in, same formula. I would start Dusty or whoever would start with me and you had your coin flip. It was imperative that the heels won the coin flip, so you would always have a two-on-one situation. Then the babyface came in next and made, evened it up. Then another heel would come in, and it was like you always had the advantage if you were the bad guys, and you were available then for the next fresh babyface who's coming in to feed him a comeback. And if you didn't go to him... And as soon as he stepped through that door, if you were on the other side of the ring, hypothetically, two rings put together, if a guy had to go and cover all the way two rings to get to a guy to get beat up <laughs> flat, he there needed to be one guy or two guys, depending on how many were in the ring, to meet him as soon as he stepped in that cage and cut down on that dead time. That was imperative. Think about this too. Something else that you already pointed out earlier in the show. This is during the time period where blood bands were in place. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Well, so there's that. How do you have war games when nobody's bleeding? Right. When my day, everyone I was in, we were all bleeding. Here's another issue. You got Vader and Sid, they're top heels, but Harlem heat at this point, they're not well-established. 
and, and there's not a lot of personal issues between all these guys. You got Shockmaster tumbling out of the scene, the set in Clash of Champions. There's just not enough, and I feel like you got to have more if you really want a successful war games. Horsemen, Dusty, Nikita, Road Warriors, yes, every time. But it just feels like they're they're throwing teams together and you're not going to be as rabid as a fan to want to see all that. You know what you're trying to say? There's no heat on the match. Bingo. Yep. And that was what it was. It was after months and years of, of screwing these guys around war games represented payday for your baby face team. There you go. And if that's what the theme of the night was, you had accomplished setting it up the right way. It was you guys are right now, not one cage, but two cages. You guys cannot get out. There's a roof on it. Now you're going to get your ass kicked. Well said. Hey, we're going to close the discussion this week uh, on Fall Brawl with the match you and Roma had with the Nasties. It went 23 minutes, 58 seconds. Yeah, we had a 24-minute match. We do have the closing moments. It's our final clip of the week we're going to watch it and then we're going to break it down and we're we'll up to show up with a few questions from our listeners let's check it out grabs a handful of hair he whoa. bit him he he's biting him the teeth to the forehead it got out of it and no he's cut off again by sags they beat him right to the punch that time knee trying to get him up oh but the back's hurting him Could not get him up, could Anderson, but Sags could go the other way. One, two, Anderson away in two. This has been a grueling match, Jess. Well, we, I anticipated that. Both teams came in in good physical condition. I didn't think you'd see a quick victory in this one. It's going to be a wear down match, and right now the Nasties are winning it. The Horsemen started off fast. They controlled about the first five to seven minutes of the matchup. But from the point on, when Roma made the mistake, it's been all nasty boys from that point on. They sure ain't pretty, though, are they, Tony? No, they're downright ugly, as a matter of fact. A double axe handle. And again, tag. Here we go. The nasty boys having their way with double A. Double team. Double elbow. Anderson, how much more can he take? Oh, look at Roma reaching over to make the tag at his head down. Knobs comes over, taps him with a forearm, puts him out of the picture. Out of nowhere, Anderson found an elbow. Reaching! Can he make it? No! Right to the kisser. Sag is in. Sags is calling for knobs with a double team. Anderson underneath. He catches a ball, Tony. Must go down. Anderson now. And that brought an eruption out of the Houston crowd. Why ain't Roma? Oh, there's Roma. There's the tag. Oh, Roma makes the tag and a fresh 
Smith because Anderson's been in there a long time. Now Roma sending knobs in. Roma after Jerry Sags. He drop kicks him down. Roma's taking them both out. Picks up knobs, body slams him, coming back over to Sags. But he cannot continue to fight both men, Jess. He may have to. Double coconuts. Roma hits the middle turnbuckle. Which He's up top. Which nasty's legal? Here it is, drop kick. One, two. Sags made the save. It's Brian Knobs, who's a legal man, as you see Randy Anderson trying to move Sags on the outside. But once again, he's fighting two men here. He's up. They're going for it. They're going for that bulldog over the top. But Arn's over there now. Oh, Arn pushes him off. It didn't work. One, two. No. It didn't work. They were going with a bulldog off the top, and Anderson came to the rescue. Now we got the two legal men in there. Which is Sags. Spinebuster! And Roma! Here it is! The swan dive! He hit it! Wait, no referee! An elbow in the back, he had him! He had him with a swan dive! One, two, three! The Nasties win it! We've got a second title changing hands! Ladies and gentlemen, the winners and new World Tag Team Champions, Sags, Knobs, the Nasty Boys. Initial reactions to that one, Arn, seeing it back after all these years? A little rough. Yeah, the ending was a little little sloppy. A little sloppy. Yeah, nothing was crisp. Things got twisted around, turned around a little bit. Could have been a lot better from a performance standard, certainly on our, our behalf. You have uh knobs and sags here. They had been in WCW, they left, they go to WWF, and now they're back. Talk about the, your first impressions working with the nasty boys. What did you think of those guys? Oh, those guys, uh, number one, they're hilarious. You know, if you've ever been in the locker room with the nasty boys, it's an experience. They will pick somebody they used to ride savage. Randy Savage of all people all the time. Get out. Mm. Yeah, they would blister him. Oh, yeah, they'd be, you know, they'd, and they would. <laughs> it drove Randy crazy. And I guess there were two of them, so he couldn't do too much since it's two no, of them. So, yeah. No, and Sags was a pretty heavy hitter, too, from what I've heard. You okay. know. Um, but, uh, you know, those guys, they were just, they had one style, and they were bruisers, and, you know, it wasn't going to be pretty. It was going to be physical no matter, you know, when you worked with them or what the combination was. But, you know, knobs and sags were just, you know, they're famous for their uh, ribbing and their annex in the locker room. and But, uh, you know, they were used well, and they came in, and that, that's making impact, I guess. Do you want to hear what Meltzer's thoughts were of this match? Probably the worst tag match ever in history. So it was not good. He called it slow and boring and said that you and Roma were not over with the crowd. He said, forget about the boring criticism because everyone has their own opinion of wrestling. And that can be, you know, one of the things that makes discussing these things 30 years later, so much fun. But 
As for the comment about being over, do you agree that you and Roma just were not, never really hit full yeah. stride in being over? Okay. I, I'm not going to argue with Dave. You know, number one, I wasn't a baby face. Me selling like Ricky Morton is not, is not going to entice a crowd to suddenly get in my hip pocket. And, and uh, it just, you know, when you don't have babyface skills and you're working with two bruisers like that, and it's, uh, and yeah, it wasn't getting over, you know, uh, there's no way I can sugarcoat it and say it. it wasn't, it didn't feel like it was a good fit. It wasn't about not working hard or working hard in the ring. It was just one of those things that was thrown together. You and tried it, it, just didn't work out. Because as we'll get to in upcoming shows, conversely, Paul and Paul clicked right off the bat. There you go. Because Paul looked, I mean, Paul, good-looking guy, great body, the whole thing. You know, he fit perfect with Roma, and they clicked immediately. One other thing that I want to mention before we get to a, a few questions here, Missy Hyatt, she's there. Uh, she makes her return to WCW, becoming the manager of the Nasty Boys. Following this win, she cuts a promo saying she's joined the Nasties. It's payback for what Ric Flair had done to her, and the horsemen were dead. Uh, so here we got Missy back, big wrestling personality. She was one of the very first WCW female talents that gained national notoriety. Any thoughts on Missy and having her being back a uh, part of the company? Yeah. Missy was a good heel. Yeah. You know, she was, you know, she could be pretty indignant when she wanted to be. And I guess there's a story there that. I remember she did something with Flair, some some gimmick. She was trying to hook up with him, and he was blowing her off or something like that. That's what I was going to ask you, because she cuts this promo declaring the horsemen are dead and her allegiance to the Nasty Boys or because something that, that you know Flair had done, but don't remember too much past that. Uh, you know, it, They don't really dig into that issue too much deeper after her promo. So. Yeah, I think she tried, came through the crowd a week or two trying to get the Flair who was on the podium doing a promo or something, and... He hit her with one of those, oh, you know, not now, Missy, you know, you, you can be next, okay. but you can't be first. You know, so, <laughs> Some of them, like, bullshit, them bullshit lines. Rick yeah. Flair's, you know, <laughs> stick. <laughs> and I guess she was a woman scorned, and we know, if, you know, what happens when you that That's happens. right. In wrestling, that's the perfect deal. Let's wrap it up with a few questions. Dylan says, uh, there's been a lot of discussion around whether or not the Nasty Boys should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. What say you are, and do you think they should be inducted into the Hall of Fame or not? Um, you know, I'm I am a little iffy on the Hall of Fame. It's um, and it's just in the standing that it has versus what it should have. I feel like when we started letting celebrities and people like that in the right. Hall of Fame. You know, it it takes away from the prestigiousness of it. I know I felt that way, uh, you okay. know, I, when it was strictly based on a body of work over a long period of time and voted for by your peers, not made in an office setting, it has a lot more meaning to it, I think. But it, but it should be based on a, a body of work, uh, you know, and I, I, I don't think I could say if the Nasty Boys should or shouldn't be in 
if you look at some of the people that are in there, I mean, they had a long career. They worked a lot of days on the road. They worked hard every time they came out. I don't see why they shouldn't be in, but I, I wouldn't, you know, I can't have anything definitive to point to and go, maybe the they should. Or, moment. Yeah. 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 Our, uh, our buddy, Scott Golden, he's coming in hot with this one. Has there ever been anyone who flat out refused to take the pit stop from the nasty boys because it made them look weak? <laughs> it had nothing to do with looking weak. It's to do with throwing up. <laughs> I think they tried to pit, pit me in there for that thing. Did, they, did they take your face in there? I got out of that corner, <laughs> as you could imagine, because I would still be puking. <laughs> Oh man. Uh, Drew Landry, the professor, he wants to know, where are you mentally going through? How are you dealing this mentally with all this weird creative? Did it bother you? Or again, as we've said time after time on the show, where you, I'm doing what you tell me to, as long as my paycheck keeps going through at the bank. I was not a difficult guy to do business with. You know, again, I was in the formative years of, buying homes and furnishing homes and having a child and looking into Aruba in the summer stuff by, like that, you know, getting my life straightened out where That's I right. could actually have a nice life. I would, and let me tell you something, they could have dressed me up like Winnie the Pooh and had me walk to the ring backwards. I don't care. <laughs> Oh man, you cutting a promo with a big, big old jar of honey. I'm, I'm here for it, man. I could just like that and never <laughs> lost a minute sleep. On Red it. shirt on. I love it. Yeah. Arn Not, the poo. Fine with me. When, when is that check getting here? Beautiful. Beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. Oh, so good. Matt S said, according to the observer, Ted DiBiase was in talks with WCW at this time, but it fell through over dates and money. Talk up, man, what it would happen. Would Arn have preferred to tag team with Ted or work a program with him? If you had to, what would be your choice there? If he came in the night, if, um, if the night Tully did not make it, Teddy would have. It's one of the few guys I can think of that now we have a new flame under a new story with a guy that absolutely perfectly fit the role. Mm, he'd have been so good. I'm with you. Oh, it would have been a whole different story. Yeah. If, well, if right. they would have turned around and used us the, the right proper way. way. Yeah. Bingo. You, know, you can, you can be a great performer. You can look great. You can be a good businessman. You can have a, have a, reputation, you know, all those positives. But if the office doesn't use you right, give you the right opponents, give you the right story, give you enough time on TV to pull it off, it could have went south too. Two more questions. We're closing it down. Gavin said, Todd Gordon's Eastern Championship Wrestling was starting to generate a lot of buzz around this time. When did ECW get on your radar, and how much did you keep up with other promotions throughout your career? Well, I would watch it because it came on late at night. You know, ECW, I, I want to say they came on at like 1 in the morning. Yeah, depending on where you lived, yeah. You know, Saturday night or something. So no matter where I was, unless I was making a drive, you know, you could go back to your hotel and pretty much catch the show. It was different 
tell you what, I was afraid for the talent because I kept thinking, man, somebody is going to get killed with some of this, you know, coming out of the ceiling and jumping off of, you know, these ledges and going through four tables stacked up and all this stuff and, you know, flaming baseball bats, you name it. You know, I was trying to make you believe in an arm bar. That's right. <laughs> make you get engrossed with that. I don't need a flaming ball bat. Nor do I want tacks to the nuts. Yeah, yeah you're not nor do shit. I want one. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Uh, we're going to wrap this episode up with a question from a brand new listener, Adam Arthur Krasnoff. Welcome to the Arn Show, Adam. He says, uh, "Do you feel that having defended the tag titles at Disney tapings before actually winning them on live TV?" killed any momentum for you and Roma as a team? No, because there wasn't social media. You couldn't have pulled that off today. You know, right. no way. Yep. Uh, and I was, I was going to say earlier when we had, when we, you know, had that match in uh, MGM, the crowd was really good that day. If you remember back what we've already watched on the show, I mean, they yes. were really good. They really were. I mean, because again, these were people that paid to get in the park. They would go see Winnie the Pooh, or they would go see. <laughs> they would go see. We're on Winnie this week. I love it. You know, Back to the Future ride, and then we'd go to wrestling for an hour, and it would be just another ride. It wasn't necessarily all wrestling fans, but it felt like to me that day that crowd they knew what was going on. Right. Oh, Arn, good times. Well, listen, I, uh, I want to mention this before we get out of here this week is, uh, Arn Anderson, my life is wrestling's enforcer. It's nearing the distribution stages of the project. Have you gotten, heard anything from Dirk lately? Cause I'm getting emails. It's yeah. It, hopefully we're right around the corner from it getting there. There was some issues with, if I get there, get this right. The printers, or whatever, and then they put them on a boat, I guess, brought them over here from wherever they had them done or whatever. Yeah, apparently it was a rowboat, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John boat. <laughs> Two fat guys about like me and knobs paddling it, obviously. Uh, but the, I think they finally made it ashore, and the books have been, they tossed them over their shoulders. They've carried them in. Listen, guys, we are, I know the books are about to hit your mailboxes. They're about to hit the shelves, and we're super excited about it. Uh, Arn Anderson, my life as wrestling's enforcer. So we make jokes, but so much work went into this graphic novel, and the payoff is going to be a big hit. And we cannot wait for you to see it, Arn. I know you can't wait either. Uh, we also want to remind you about arnlinks.com. That's where, as we mentioned at the top of the show, you're going to get that merch link. You're going to find previous episodes uh, of our show as uh, well as uh, all kinds of other so our social media links and things of that nature. And then before we get out of here, we want to make sure we remind you that if your business does target that 25 to 54 year old uh, male demographic, there's no better place to advertise than right here on the Arn Show. Check it out. Advertisewithyarn.com. You can find out how you can advertise with the Yarn Show. We've been working with some of the same companies. I uh, can't wait soon. We're going to be doing some spider grip ads. They are a fantastic partner. And uh, there's a reason we do it. It's because it works. We have a targeted audience. So check it out. Advertisewithyarn.com. And, man, we would really appreciate your support. Arn, listen. 
next week, we're going to discuss the rematch with the Nasty Boys. We will see if your face ends up in one of their pits. Uh, the beginning of the split between you and Paul Roma uh, involving the assassin, Paul Roma and Steve Austin. And of course, it's Halloween Havoc time. Perfect timing for the end of October. It's spin the wheel, make the deal. Arn, as Winnie the Pooh says, a hug is always the right size. Thank you so much for doing this show with me this week. You rat bastard. On behalf of the Hall of Famer, Arn Anderson, this is Paul Bromwell, and we'll see you right back here next week on another episode of Arn. This water's a little flat. I may have to get a drink of whiskey. Hey guys, Eric Bischoff here to talk to you about my friends over at SaveWithConrad.com. Are you looking to get out of debt? Conrad and his team can make that happen faster than me firing the hockey talk man. Wow. And you know that controversy creates cash, right? Do you know what doesn't create cash? Credit card debt. Save with Conrad can help you consolidate high interest credit cards and all of your other debt into one low monthly payment. They can even help you get the cash you need for home improvements or anything else. They've helped 83 weeks listeners save 500, 600, 700, even $800 a month. Seriously, your papers are going to go down faster than nitro ratings in 2000. Ouch! And how about this? No house payments for two months. That's right, no house payments for two months. And unlike the dirt sheets, man, the reviews do not lie. With over 1,000 five-star reviews, find out for yourself how much Conrad and his team can save you by checking out SaveWithConrad.com today. You'd be grateful you did. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.